The last of the great human freedoms is the ability to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. And I can extract myself from the suffering because my attitude can trump my ego's frustration about the situation if I lock in power of my mind to choose differently. I'm going to master this thing called teaching. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to travel whatever distance. I'm going to pay whatever price to give my service of love across this planet. And I'm not going to let any human being on the face of this planet stop me, not even myself. And genius is available in all of us in the area of our highest value when we care enough intrinsically to be inspired to go after solving those problems. It's, it's waiting for all of us to do that. We can expand our awareness, consciousness, to expand who we are as beings into this new human being that we're becoming. It's the tension and the contrast that actually helps to push us through to the next level of evolution. Our cells have consciousness and so does the bacteria. So we can also tune into our bodies and, and work with our bodies more knowing that and appreciating these billions of points of consciousness. Now when that change takes place, the momentum that's created in our life from that moment on is monumental insights, the wisdom, the guidance, the direction, the spontaneous goodness, serendipity, coincidence. Things start to work together for good because we're now in a flow of our personal mind, but we're in the flow of the mind of God. Welcome to the Whole Human Optimization Show. This podcast is entirely devoted to the exploration of physical vitality, emotional well-being, and mental fitness. The intention of each episode is to help you discover your deepest truth by ending the cycles of limitation, addiction, and self-sabotage. I am your host, Ronnie Landis, and today we are going to go on a journey into the frontiers of whole human optimization. Let's go. Greetings and aloha, everybody out there. This is the Ultimate Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, as always. And today I'm joined by a very close friend of mine, Mr. Brandon Bozarth. And uh, wow, <clears throat> Brandon is not only an incredible human being, as human beings go on this planet, in this realm, at this, <laughs> this time in human history... <laughs> Um, he's also, well, he's many things. He's an incredible mentor and coach and works with people in a very unique and transformative way. He also does really incredible channeling work, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, which I actually had the pleasure of walking in on, uh, at the last retreat that you did. And I was at, and I literally walked in coming a little late into the third day and you were full-blown in channel mode, <clears throat> and I got to sit in on that, and I got to ask a question that uh, wasn't really on my mind, but it came up, and uh, the answer was pretty incredible, and it was one of those things that nobody would have known how to respond to it. It was such a niche, such a niche topic, and uh, what came through was like, it was so incredible. I was like, yep, okay, this is legit. That's great. That's amazing. And uh, so we'll do, I'm sure we'll talk about that as well. But I just want to welcome you on and uh, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ronnie. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah. So uh, what's going on in your world right now? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, in essence, 
I feel like I'm um, uh, receiving what I need to be able to see reality clearly, uh, see myself clearly. And to me, that's the essence of um, overlooking uh, beliefs or patterns that create suffering. Mm-hmm. And when I say overlooking, I don't mean denying or avoiding. I mean, uh, seeing beyond into uh, what's actually happening versus being a product of mm-hmm. what's happening. So just creating the space between um, myself and my thoughts and my beliefs and my body sensations and all of it, and really being able to um, just wit- witness what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all being catalyzed from the book that I'm writing. I was telling you about, it's like, my goal was to articulate concepts in a way that is very clear. And that requires me to have a deep understanding of the, the concept. And, um, some of these concepts are beyond concepts themselves. <laughs> it's not a mind thing. It's an experience mm-hmm. thing. It's what all experience is inside of, uh, within, you know, awareness, consciousness. So, yeah, just in short, uh, discernment, you could say, mm. has been a great theme for me. Beautiful. And so that leads me to want to dive into discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, discernment is... I mean, maybe it's not obvious. It's obvious to me. I'm sure it's obvious to you and many of our our friends, our contemporaries, our our allies, if you will, at this time in human history. To me, discernment is the master key that unlocks everything, particularly navigating through the proverbial illusions and the layers of illusions that have been thrust upon us. Mm-hmm. since the day we were born, <clears throat> but really like the unearthing of all those illusions, uh, 2019, 2020, we're in 2021, we're moving very quickly into the next year and, and the, and the show keeps on going. Right. And so, and I know we were talking about this before, I guess this is a great time to just kind of throw it out there. You know, you, me and our friend Nathaniel Solis are planning on doing a retreat in Austin sometime very soon. And the theme that came up in our conversation was helping people integrate from the last two years, heal and mm-hmm. integrate from the last two years. That's immediately what came up when you mentioned discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love for you to like share with us, what does discernment mean to you? And, and why is that such an important idea for us to embody? Yeah. So to me, discernment is the perfect uh, recognition between our higher mind and our ego mind. Mm. So it simply means I'm un, you know, to have perfect discernment means I'm unable to believe something that is based in the separate self, something based in fear, uh, stress, uh, uh, negativity, blame, whatever it may be, which again, all of these stressful emotions um, can only be believed in if you are identified as a separate self. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it's a two-way street. The separate self believes in them and they create the continuation and perpetuation of separation. And there's your loop of disempowerment. 
So to me, it's okay. I know if I'm believing my thinking, my mind that tells me that I'm a separate self, then anything that I believe from that point of view, anything that is stressful is like the world or my thinking uh, revealing to me that I'm buying into mm. lies fundamentally. Mm. So anything that comes from unity, anything that comes from oneness, which is, it's not, it doesn't necessarily need to be a feeling where you're just feeling uh, ecstatic love all the time going, we're all one. Woo. It's like, it's just, it's just a noticing that everything happens within one thing. You can call it awareness within consciousness, but the shared experience that we have is, is we are all aware. We're all aware of our experience. So I'm always referring to myself as I, I experienced this. I experienced that. I went, I was two, I was 10. The I is what remains the same. And that is the unchangeable part of me that we all share. Mm -hmm. So there's this, there's this one shareable experience that we all share. And that is uh, unity. That's the, in a sense, like the container in which all, or the context in which all content, bodies, emotions, perception takes place. Mm. So anything from that recognition of unity is going to produce peace. It's going to produce inspiration. It's going to produce happiness. So discernment to me is I, you know, having the ability to recognize when you are believing your mind, when you are believing your thoughts that create separation or you're not believing them, you're not attaching to them. And therefore the side effect is what you already are left with, what you already are, which is the happiness and the peace as a, a natural byproduct of just self-knowledge. Mm. That's, that's beautiful. I appreciate that. And what just came up for me in my own experience is noticing how challenging that can be to actually fully embody that. I definitely experience it in moments, usually when I have an intent, when I'm, I'm not only am I aware, but I intend on seeing through those lenses. Um, our mutual friend, Solara Rose, actually gave me a really great reframe in one of our audio exchanges where she said, you know, practice when you when you use the word he or she right talking about another person mm -hmm. replace it with the word i mm -hmm. and see what happens and that really landed for me and now you're mentioning this and now it's like oh yeah that's right that that because it is always a reflection of an element or an unresolved aspect within self mm -hmm. within myself that is being triggered that's being unearthed, that's being activated and animated mm -hmm. and all too often being projected mm -hmm. onto the other person. Um, and that, that's a tricky thing too, because when you're dealing with someone outside of you, there's somebody outside of you too. So mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, where's the balance between me taking total responsibility for my own experience and not taking responsibility for someone else's at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would just look at the, the statement, I can take responsibility for someone else mm -hmm. and really question that statement and see if that's even possible. Um, because that the ego has to, 
uh, use tricks, use illusion that really keeps you focused on everything but itself. <laughs> so when it does that, it's like, okay, now I can be distracted. And that's all ego cycles are. It's I want, I'm going to attempt to get something to gain something that I don't believe I have. I'm going to distract myself from what I'm feeling. So it's just our learned conditioning on how we've responded to uh, suffering or judgment for thousands of years. And it's perfectly innocent and we're not even consciously doing it. You can even say we're not even doing it. Like the true uh, I is not necessarily doing it. We're just witnessing conditioning, doing mm. itself, mm. playing mm. it out. So it's not personal, uh, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. oh, look, this conditioning that I can never remember consciously choosing. Okay. I can still own that. Now that I'm aware of it, I can own that I've been unconsciously choosing it. But what I don't need to take personal is the fact that I've been unconsciously choosing it because I couldn't have done it any other way. I had Mm. to do it that way because it happened because that's what I did. And there are no mistakes in reality, only in our mind. So it's like, okay, I had to play all that stuff out to become aware of it. You know, mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I can respond. Now I can question those beliefs and, you know, make a new choice. That's, that's amazing. And what just came up for me in that too, is like this, this idea, which I completely agree with is that it couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of that is looking back on our experiences and knowing that we could have done something different, right? It's kind of an interesting paradox and yet we didn't for whatever reason. So then I suppose the opportunity is through the awareness that, okay, in retrospect, I could have done something different. I didn't, it happened the way it did. Now the choice is, do I want to integrate that lesson so that I don't make that choice again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. And if we really look at it, we pick a moment where we might've even had the conscious thought, man, I could do this, or I should do this. And I didn't. The reason I didn't is always going to be because we believe it's in our best interest. Even if the thought was, man, I should help this person across the street. And logically there doesn't seem to be any reason why you couldn't help them. But in that moment, if the unconscious mind was saying, you don't have time, you have to go. And that wasn't investigated in the moment. Mm -hmm. Then what that you don't have time belief is actually saying is uh, lack exists. Mm. You know, that's what's underneath that. So you with that belief in lack actually couldn't have done anything different because the belief itself is going to determine what you feel, what you think, what you do. Uh So you go, I could see in hindsight that I could have made other choices, but because I didn't make those choices, I also know I couldn't have made them when I didn't, Uh (laughs) you know, because, Uh because it didn't happen. It doesn't exist. It's just this hypothetical thought. So it just lets us come to a place of acceptance of 
that was the debt that was in a sense, you could even say, if you want to be poetic, that was God's will. Mm. You know, it was, it's reality. It's what happened. Reality. God, I use those words interchangeably, cannot make mistakes unto of itself because without my definitions or beliefs upon reality, what is reality? It's just a space. It's just, it's empty. There's no meaning to it. It's just life. So mistakes aren't built into life or if they were built into life, then somehow I would be able to perceive a mistake without thinking about a mistake, yep. without, without believing a mistake. And that it doesn't make any sense because that would imply that my mind is located in the reality uh-huh. and not, not inside of my consciousness. Mm. but that's not our experience. You know, our thinking happens inside of our awareness. So again, the integration is going, ah, I don't need to judge myself for it. I need to recognize that it happened in order that I can become aware of beliefs and thoughts that no longer serve me, that are negative, that aren't true. And depending on how I uh, respond and relate to those beliefs about myself now Mm, mm. depends on how I will relate to that memory. And often when we drop, you know, the memory is like a symbol. It's Mm. a, it's like a reflection. We're creating the memory in the now because really it's just a thought. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, I have this past. Well, where is the past? Show me where it is. And we can't, it's just in our mind. So we go, well, this is the past that is hurting me. And I go, no, it, you're thinking about your past right now is hurting you. Yes. Now the past can't affect us. It can only reflect us, reflect our current thinking. So we're using it just like any other symbol, whether it's a symbol of a future uh, individual in front of you, traffic, it doesn't matter what it is. It is just a projection used to help us get in touch with beliefs we're holding on to now. Right. And so then when you, when you drop the belief by self-inquiry, you drop the concept that you're holding on to. I'm a bad person. I should have done it different. Uh, There's something wrong with me. When you drop that now, you'll actually have a different memory Mm. or version of the memory. But even if it's a different version, it's a different memory. Yeah. You know, there are different thoughts. So in a sense, you, you change your past by changing the belief system in the now yeah yeah beautifully put and you know they say hindsight is 2020 and that that speaks to the whole awareness piece right because it Mm -hmm. is 2020 because now i have an awareness of what took place Mm -hmm. you know to, to whatever degree that it's accurate and we're embellishing it or whatever is based on you know many factors trauma emotional stagnation or you know just just um, inability to see things in their implicate perfection. Um, but I do notice it's, it is very interesting that the hindsight piece. Okay. So like what I'm, what I'm curious about is how to develop the same qualitative clarity that we get in hindsight, Mm -hmm. but with foresight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really good question. So there's a phrase that says, uh, past hurt informs future pain. Uh, uh-huh. So what I have experienced in the past that in this moment, 
I am believing means something about me, the core identity of me. Uh, and it's negative, you know, I'm bad. I'm wrong. I'm not enough. I'm not worthy, whatever it may be. Then I will in this moment, because I'm not questioning those beliefs, because that's a certain perspective I'm holding. I will unconsciously avoid recreating that past experience. And the moment you avoid creating something, you become stressed out because you can't control how the future unfolds. So you'll feel out of control. And a person that feels out of control now does stressful things. And a person that does stressful things now will continue to create a stressful future, will continue to attract uh, exactly what they say they don't want, more anxiety, more feelings of being out of control, and thus find evidence of that in their reality. So it just creates itself. If I don't want to repeat something in the past because of judgment, then I'm bound to create it in the future. It's like they say, it's going to, you know, reality is going to keep coming back to show me where I'm not free until I question the beliefs and free myself until I question my mind and see clearly I'm going to keep attracting the same things. So, you know, it's like, like you said about foresight, we, we never say, or in hindsight, we, we never say with foresight, man, I could really use some trauma next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's what I'm going to need. But if we don't have a definition within our consciousness that says I've ever not had my needs met. In other words, if we don't believe that we've never been deprived, if we don't hold the concept that we've ever been um, a victim, if we don't hold the concept that we've ever been, you know, as our sense of self, not as an experience, but as our self, if we don't hold the concept that um, we are a, a small, weak, powerless, separate identity that can be dominated, controlled, and overpowered, then we aren't going to avoid those in the future. We're not going to resist uh, recreating that idea. So then the next time something like that might emerge, if there's no resistance to it, well, then you're not going to experience it the same way you did in the past. Mm -hmm. So if you don't experience it with the negative projections or like post-it notes, you stick on the experience. This is what it means. This is what it means about me. If you experience it without those post-it notes, then you might laugh at it. You might just watch it. You might just go, oh, you know, without my story, all that's happening is this person's making sounds at me. I used to call that rejection. Uh -huh. You know, but I just don't, I don't hold that anymore. Yeah. So, so then for some reason, whatever reason that, you know, it's happening, uh, it doesn't really matter what the reason is. It doesn't really, really matter why it's happening because it's just happening and I'm, I'm not resisting it. So it's like clouds are just, they're just happening. Okay. You know, this is just happening. That is just happening, you know? So, it, you know, you can use the past, you can use the future, you can use any projection in mind that symbolizes uh, pain or stories about disempowerment. But as soon as you question them and you drop the concepts, the beliefs themselves, then you're just wide open to reality. Yeah. And when you yeah. really realize, man, reality is actually not scary. I've never been upset about what happened in reality. Mm. 
what's been hurting me is my thinking about reality, my interpretation, my perception of reality, then you know that no one or nothing else has ever made you a victim or made you suffer directly. Now they could play roles and characters and it's, you know, someone can cause the body physical harm because our body has senses and one of those senses is pain. But, you know, interestingly enough, if the body didn't have the pain receptors or senses, then even that would be impossible. So that's just a body switch. It's just a biological thing, but that can't create suffering physical, if physical pain created suffering, then when you stub your toe, the next for the rest of your life, you'd be in suffering because you go, well, my body was in pain and now I need to dwell on that pain. And, and then, and I have no choice that that created the suffering. Right. But when we really look at where did the suffering come from, you know, what was the first thought that created mental and emotional pain? we will always see that it has come from ourself. And that is incredibly good news because that's the only thing we can change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, <clears throat> so that brings me to the integration piece, right? Because mm-hmm. what I'm hearing you say and my interpretation of it is that, okay, so I'll just share and I won't go into detail, but I'll just share an example. So I've been going through kind of a, a process of unwinding from a series of uh, intimate relationships, right? There was, there was one recently that I'm unwinding from. And then that brought up a lot of things around the deep relationships that I've had over, over the last however many years, right? Mm-hmm. And really seeing like the similarities, the patterns, um, how they started, how they finished and feeling a lot of pain around the conclusion of these things. And it was interesting because I noticed myself go into a react reactive space to protect myself, to guard myself, which was kind of like, I don't want to do this again. Right. Which Mm -hmm. is true. I don't want to Mm -hmm. do this again, but then where I took it and it was just part of a process where I took, it was like, I don't want to get into a relationship again. Mm right? Because because mm-hmm. I've had the, this has happened so many times, mm-hmm. I can't afford to go through another one of these situations. Mm-hmm. So that was mm-hmm. the first level of it. But what's mm-hmm. interesting is underneath it, I actually do want to be in a relationship. I just want to be in a different relationship than the ones I've been in before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I, where I'm going with that is noticing the levels of integration, from mm-hmm, the mind mm-hmm. to the body to the emotions to the, the the whole the healing process and noticing kind of the uh uh what am I trying to say noticing the signs of an integration so um for example that reactive place was part of a process but had not been fully integrated mm-hmm, right because mm-hmm. there was still a charge there there was a guardedness there was a, a lack of my heart being fully open mm-hmm, so that was just mm-hmm. a part of a process but then I also notice Uh, a sign of an integration is where my heart is actually fully open to what I do want. And it's not, it's not charged based on the past or I'm not guarded or protecting myself, pretending that I don't want what I want because I'm Mm -hmm. afraid that I'm going to recreate the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I always say it's like we want what we don't want and we don't want what we want. So when I say we want what we don't want, anytime I say I don't want something, I'm saying I'm resisting that thing. Why I want it to happen is because I want it to reveal the beliefs that are at the core of my resistance, Mm. which often we need a mirror, a situation, a person to bring those to the surface. And on the other side of that, when I do inquiry, and I'll talk about that in a moment, I free myself from it. So I actually want that freedom, right? We think, well, if I avoid this, then I'm going to sustain my freedom. Uh, You know, if I avoid X, Y, and Z, then I'm going to be free and happy and all these things. But the very fact that we believe we need to avoid something in order to have freedom and happiness is keeping freedom and happiness from us. So, you know, our natural state is freedom and happiness. So if I think being around you can take away my freedom of happiness, then I'm believing I'm a separate self. I'm believing that, that, um, in other words, I'm not entirely uh, responsible for creating my experience of reality. And, you know, I have, uh, because of that, you know, others or situations can determine my sense of inner peace. And this is why we want what we don't want, because then when those are revealed to ourselves, we can do something about it. And that's what the point of relationships really are, is to help one another become who they already are on the other right, side of the, right, right. on the other side of the story. So in your case, we use the example of, okay, I realized I actually do want a relationship. I just want a different kind of relationship. And if we to take it all the way back to yourself and say, what do I really want? When I say I want a different kind of relationship, what does that mean about my experience yeah. of the relationship? So what would that be for you? As in what it was or what it, what it, what, what it you wants want to it be. to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, harmonious, mm-hmm. um, uh, equal, well, I don't want to say equal, but just, just a reciprocal, a reciprocal mm-hmm. dynamic between two open-hearted human mm-hmm. beings that has deep respect. Well, just go back to just your experience. My not, expe- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, not, good. Not good, if yeah. they reciprocate or not, but just yours. Uh, uh-huh. This is good. This is a good uh, public teaching point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want to feel mm-hmm. yeah. is respect. Yeah. What I want to feel is equanimity. Mm-hmm. What I want to feel is admiration. Yeah. What I want to feel is a wide open heart Mm -hmm. Um, and many, many other things. What I want to feel is harmony, really Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a harmonious connection. Yeah. Um, So let's just work with one of those emotions or sensations. Pick the one that feels the strongest. What, What can you boil it down to? Harmony. Harmony. Okay. So if you want to just go through a little experiment you just close your eyes for a moment and go in and you can ask yourself right now, what belief or thought would keep me from experiencing harmony in this moment? If there is any, uh-huh. and you can just wait and see what arises, what is in the way, if any, of experiencing harmony now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's no direct thought because I actually feel it in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it would be a separation, like a, mm-hmm. a, a story of separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then find the part of you that would resist separation. Uh-huh. In in other words, not want the experience of separation mm-hmm. and just ask the question, who would I be without the story that I shouldn't experience separation? Okay, you just, that's bingo. Mm-hmm. And just, it, just mm-hmm. give me the qualities when you really sit in that. Who would I be without the story that I shouldn't mm-hmm. experience separation when I do or if I do? What arises? Who would I be without the story that I that I should avoid separation? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I would be me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the interesting part about this question is usually it's kind of hard to describe who we would be because what happens is that part of the mind that has resistance is like an opaque color. Mm. And when you look at it and we question it and we bring light to it, it becomes transparent. Right. That's what it, that's what the feeling tone is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in that moment, the you that you are merges with the R, the, the, the you-ness that is there when it's not opaque. So to go even deeper and to bring in, you can call it more non-dual expression, but as you can ask yourself the question, okay, who is the one that is wanting to avoid separation? Mm -hmm. Who is that one? What comes to me is it's, it's, it's an old version of me mm-hmm. that hasn't been entirely integrated or, or yeah, it hasn't been yeah. entirely integrated so with, stay with the that. Present. It's this old version of yeah. me. Now ask yourself this, who is the one that is aware of the old version of me? The current version of me. Yeah. And describe that you describe the one that is aware of the old version. Describe the one that is just aware of it. Huh. Like describe how how it feels or no, not the feeling, because yeah. the feelings are in, in the mind. It's and their perceptions and yeah. sensations of, of the body and mind. But the aspect of you that is aware of those sensations, I the see. aspect of you that is aware of all the thoughts. Describe uh, that part of you. Okay. Uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, very rooted. Mm-hmm. Very grounded. Actually, interestingly enough, very integrated. So gr- grounded, mm-hmm. rooted, just kind of centered. Yeah. In a in a more holistic, whole awareness. Yeah. So that's perfect. Stay with that because what I'm hearing is. You know, when I hear rooted and grounded, it's like, it's really here. It's really now it's really tangible. It's felt. And then I hear, you know, centered. It's at the center of you. It's always at the center of you. So 
if we look at that part of ourselves, can that part of ourselves ever be separate from itself? Right. In other words, can I never not be aware that I'm having an experience? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so it just starts to dissolve because we go, okay, well, even if my experience is separation, I, the unbroken eye of awareness is the one having the experience and that can never go anywhere, can never be separate, can never be small, can never die. And that's what it means to actually integrate a, the new identity mm. is to realize the separation is impossible. It's an illusion. We've just been overlooking our true selves. We've been believing in the separate self. I'm the one that is separate. No, no, no. I am the one that is aware of sensations and perceptions that I call separation. But that's actually never happened to me, to this part of me that is aware. Well, I so this is so interesting because what I notice the mind does is it compartmentalizes. Mm-hmm. And it creates almost like a filing cabinet of experiences. And, and then we get into the spiritual uh, development, personal development. And then, so then we have all these, 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 uh, you know, we have all these words and all this lingo that now we have, now we get really into some interesting territory in our, our mental sphere, because now I can categorize so many different experiences of self Um but what I notice is it's it's more or less a distraction from who I be right now. Yes, that is totally it. Think of it this way. Imagine being in a room, a big warehouse with a bunch of empty space, and then you can put all those uh, experiences that you've ever had in that space and watch them play out, but as the space. And notice that no matter what the content of what's happening in the room may be what will happen, what is said, what is done, the space, the awareness, the the context is completely untouched, unaltered, unchanging, unbroken, unified. Mm -hmm. So what we're just recognizing is that's actually the essential me. I can't be those experiences because they don't exist right now. They're just in my mind. They're just thoughts. I can't be my body, right? I can't be, we just start looking. It's like, are those things that happened actually me? Or is that something that I experienced the me, mm-hmm. you know, that happened within me? And the me that is the one that is aware of it is the one that can never be hurt or harmed or altered in any way. So we just start to realize, oh, all the pain I've ever experienced is because I've misidentified. I've overlooked that part of me that is, you know, it's what Jesus means when he says, I and and my father are one. There's a Sufi prayer that says, know yourself and you will know, know the Lord. So it's really just saying there's a part of me that is pure, infinite awareness that had no beginning, that has no end. And I can either live from that place, identify completely as, as that self, as that awareness, or I can believe I can misidentify. I can, I can become a separate self and whatever that separate for self 
looks like with our words, it doesn't really matter. It all hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But we can't move beyond the separate self if we're resisting a separate self. That's why, you know, judging myself for it, making it wrong, making it bad. That's typically a byproduct of not understanding who I am uh, beyond that event, because I'm making that event mean that that means I'm a bad person and I deserve to be, you know, punished or abandoned or whatever it might be. So I will just perpetuate the separation. Yeah, so spot on. And what I, what came up earlier is noticing that the only thing that creates a separation is my resistance. Mm-hmm. Is yep. that because that's the sensation in the body itself? Without yeah. the story, it's just a sensation that there's resistance. Yeah, and then that trickles into behavioral patterns, reaction patterns, and then eventually there's a story to explain why I have an uncomfortable feeling in my body. Mm-hmm. 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 and man those stories wow man those stories have a life of their own <laughs> yeah yeah that's it and sometimes we don't even realize their stories we think that we are them it's like you have yeah. an inner critic and you're not even really aware that there's something talking all the time in your head and eventually you go holy crap i can hear and watch this thing in my mind just chat about everything going on in my life you know and it takes just the noticing of that to create a little space to go, do I want to believe these thoughts or do I want to question them? And my motto is if it causes me stress, then I need to question them. I need to go into inquiry. And so I'm either in inquiry or enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, and the inquiry might mean that resistance, pain, anger is coming up. And it, when I'm not in inquiry, I'm in resistance to it. When I'm inquiry in inquiry, I'm surrendered to it. I can't find a reason to, in other words, I can't find a reason to resist it. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And people think, well, you need to learn how to feel it. Well, feelings are felt. There's nothing, there's no learning. It's just, (laughs) we just unlearn resisting it. No one Uh, has ever uh, been, no one's ever upset at feeling a negative emotion. That's never the hard part. The hard part is resisting the emotion. Right. Wow. That's, that's so spot on. It's like, it's like Tony Robbins talks about like the, the moment of power is in the moment of decision mm-hmm. and it just, it takes most people a long damn time to make a decision about something that they, you know, that they're mulling over for, for however long. Right. And so it's not, so it's like, there's all this, this concentrated energy built up all the way to that moment of just deciding mm-hmm. A or B lighter left or right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's all that energy. It's all that, that resistance energy instead of just like pivoting into the moment and, ha- right. and, and that's where the clarity is, right? Like when you're, when you pivot into the moment, you don't have to mull over a situation or overanalyze it or, or read into it a thousand different ways. Mm-hmm. It's already available to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, I want to get into the, okay. Well, there's two things I want to get your, your perspective on from a, from a spiritual a a quote unquote spiritual perspective, which I just think is really just the human experience really. Um, 
talking about like impeccable integrity, right? I think that piece needs to be brought in because like on the ground floor, what is the process of actually, you know, everything that we're talking about and ultimately the process of effectively and authentically having not just a transformative experience, but being able to integrate the experience into embodied wisdom. Like it comes down to integrity, integration, same thing, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, What's, what's your, your perspective on that? Yeah. It's a really good question. So integrity to me is a byproduct of self-knowledge. So if I am in a state of confusion, which is the first sign that I'm believing something that's not true. If I'm in a state of confusion, which, you know, much of the world is uh, perpetually in in that state, um, then I'm going to do things that are not representative of my true self. Mm. And therefore I'm, I'm in a state of uh, projection versus extension. Projection means, well, I don't know who I am and I'm going to create evidence of that in my action outward in the world. And if I think I'm a separate self, then I'm, there must be lack. I must experience some sort of lack. So as an example, I'm going to, you know, uh, destroy the environment in order to, uh, dry it of it, you know, uh, uh, drain it of its resources because I need, I need it. You know, um, I need to compete with this person and lie and take and well, you know, the separate self feels it needs more than it can ever gain. Mm. It's like the concept that you can never, you can never get enough of what you don't actually need. So if I'm out of integrity, you could just say, you know, I'm not being my natural self which really means I've forgot who I am and I'm playing out more distorted or distorted might not even be the word more um, like ways that create entropy in the world, ways that are not harmonious ways that uh, create and perpetuate resistance. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean anyone's doing anything wrong or bad fundamentally. It means that they believe they are a separate self. It means they believe they're believing. In other words, they're believing their thinking. They're believing all of the negative thoughts that uh, humanity has had uh, been thinking for millions of years. So what is integrity? Uh, What does integrity look like? You know, my point of view is that I can't say what it's going to look like because uh, love creation, the now moment it's spontaneous. So when you're in a place of oneness, which means I recognize everything is consciousness. It's all one thing, you know? So, you know, hurting someone else would be like hurting my hand would be hurting myself. And you'll find that if you pay attention to your experience, that's, that's always true. Anytime you judge someone, you become that energy, you blame them, you become it. So there's one consciousness from that place. When you feel joined with that consciousness, when you actually have a felt experience, it's called love. 
Love is when all separation disappears. And you can experience that with another person. When you're really in love with them, you can't find anything that separates you from them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You just go, wow, uh-huh. like my all of my attention and energy is right here, right now in this moment. And so is yours. And together we're, we're becoming the moment. There's no concept of a, a me and a you and mm, distance mm. and separation. It's just this overwhelming, united, loving joy. So yeah. Yeah. anything that happens from that place, any action that you take, you can't really categorize it because the content of our experience is always changing. But from that place, anything you do is an integrity. So the, the middle point, the threshold, in my opinion, is honesty. Mm-hmm. This is why I always say I prefer the term honesty over spirituality, uh-huh. because when someone is being very honest with themselves and others, they feel whole, they feel complete. And to go from forgetfulness, let's say, to unity or from separate self to, to, to whole self, often you know exactly what the fear is. You know exactly what the stressful thoughts are. You know exactly what the resistance is, but you're resisting it and you're not being honest about it, which is denial. And denial is one of the hardest things uh, to, well, let's just say it's, you can't transform anything when you're in denial. Mm. You, it's like setting up a blockade against change and transformation and evolution because if you're in denial you're in denial that you're in denial so you can't even look at it if you're really in denial you 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 completely separate yourself from the part of yourself that feels separate Mm -hmm. now you're twice removed (laughs) you know so now it's like okay if i'm willing to be honest with what i'm thinking and believing and i'm willing to look at it and feel and surrender to what the feelings and sensations are and begin to question and ask and ask the the really vital question. Is it true? Can I absolutely know that it's true that this, you know, um, that I was rejected, that I'm not good enough, whatever the, the story replaying in your mind, can you be honest enough to, to own it, validate it, bring light to it, and then also question it. Mm-hmm. to see that it's not actually true. And when you see it's not true, it lets go of you. You don't need to let go of anything. There's mm-hmm. no way to let go of something. It's not something right. you do. You just stop giving it attention and you'll mm-hmm. stop giving it attention when you see it no longer makes sense to you. It no longer serves you. And you've yeah. just been misperceiving. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's beautifully put again. And, that piece about you don't let go of anything, the energetic hook of it lets go of you when you mm-hmm. make that fundamental shift in your own perception. And that yes. it's funny you say that because months ago I had that experience and I had I recognized that that was actually the way that it worked just from my yeah. own experience. And I was like, OK, like letting go. What does that even mean? What does that even look like? It doesn't feel like I can actually let go of this thing that I'm very connected to. Like I've tried to let it go. I've played the mental game and it doesn't, doesn't seem to be working very well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But it was also part of where I was at at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And then as I just progressed in the process, the energetic started to let go of me. And I just note, I just noticed like, Oh, I feel like I'm not as tied to this, this thing as much. And this is like, this is really like the whole thing around the, the work in the, the addiction free lifestyle book and, and all that kind of thing, like addiction recovery, where the struggle, the struggle is letting go or releasing like, and we use these terms. So kind of flippantly, like, Oh, just, just release your past. It's like, what? Like that's, 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 you know, that's kind of a crazy thing just to say, like, just release your past. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's, but it's actually, it's not just letting go, quote unquote, letting go of a bad habit. Mm -hmm. It's actually, you have to transform who you are fundamentally. So Mm -hmm. that energetic doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, it's not strong enough to hold on to who you are because now you're being a healthier, a more empowered version of you. So you're not susceptible to the, the, the thing itself. It literally Mm -hmm. doesn't match anymore. So it kind Mm -hmm. of just relieves itself automatically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. Exactly. Because you'll only hold on to something if you believe it serves you, even if it's negative, you know, it's like the idea uh, of, uh, (laughs) I say I'm really addicted to Netflix and and I say, man, I really feel like I need to watch Netflix for the next eight hours. And then, and then I become aware of it and go, I'm aware that this actually doesn't feel good. And I'm honest with myself. I could look at it and go, okay, so is it true that I need it? And I can question that belief. But then if I keep doing it, then all that means is I haven't found the core belief that says, mm. yeah, I understand that you know, on the surface, it seems like you don't need it, but if you actually let it go, then something even more scary is going to happen. So there is a part of you that actually thinks you need it yes. and you need to find out what that is. And it might go, well, if I don't do Netflix, then I'm going to have to sit with my emotions. And I have beliefs about that, that it can mm-hmm. somehow kill me or take me over again, not possible from the perspective of the unified self, the self that is consciousness that is awareness so another example would be oh maybe i'll have to go if i if i finally stopped doing netflix then i'm gonna finally take action on the maybe the business that i wanted to start or the relationship that i want to pursue and i'm so deathly afraid of that not going right and failing or being rejected that i'm going to i actually think netflix is keeping me safe Uh uh-huh protecting me but see, again, it's like, if I go, okay, Netflix is protecting me, ask the question, protecting who, <laughs> you know, my, my body protecting me from what, you know, and again, from perspective, what, what does awareness need protection from, you know, whatever you could imagine that it needs protection from cannot affect your awareness of whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It's never going to change or be be altered that part of you yeah so yeah. every single negative belief is is just a side effect of being identified with the small self with the separate self and it says it it can be it should be a celebration when we've discovered these beliefs right. and thoughts because it means we're that close to realizing more of ourselves 
And in A Course in Miracles, they call that revelation. They say when you, you know, experience a miracle or a shift in your perception that allows for healing, which is just the uh, realization that the negative belief or thought isn't true. And it lets you go when it lets you go. What arises naturally is what you are. And we describe that as peace, Uh as joy. So, and in that moment, you're completely outside of time. You literally end time. Like you might've had, if you didn't change that one perception, you could have had in your like uh, karmic bucket, let's just say uh-huh. another 30 years of needing to attract the same thing over and over and over and over to get the lesson. So you had this 30 year timeline, but then you dropped the thought, you dropped the perception. And now all of that experience is no longer needed. Yeah because you're not compatible with it anymore. It doesn't make sense to believe onto your reality in that way anymore. So now you're just, you literally end that timeline, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. and you come right back into mm-hmm. the moment, which is uh, like going from horizontal to vertical living right back here. And right here, you're completely free. And that moment of remembrance is so deeply personal for each person that you can't really describe it objectively. It's just a, they just use the word in in the course. It's just revelation. And it's just your returning your overlap, your communion with God, with all that is, or with consciousness, same thing. And so what it feels like, and I'm just speaking from what's coming up for me is I'm actually just noticing the little areas of things that I actually want to do and have wanted to do and have avoided. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing the story behind the resistance, the avoidance, like, so, okay, for example, I'll just make a quick example. It's kind of uh, it's funny to use this, but it's, it's, it's true. There's a, there's an entrepreneur book that I've been wanting to read. Mm-hmm. I've had it for here for a while. It's Patrick Bet David's book. And, uh, it, it's like, I, I know that like, I want to, there's, for some reason, there's no other book that's really calling me. Mm-hmm. And I know I want to read that book. And I'm, I was like tracking that as you were talking. And I noticed behind that was a con- a confrontation that if mm-hmm. I start reading this book, I'm going to have to confront the fact that I'm, that I've been playing small in my entrepreneur life. Mm-hmm. which is not like a, like a, an astonishing discovery for me, mm-hmm. but it's also, it's confronting because I've also shooed that to the side because mm-hmm. I focus on other things, a story of like, Oh, well, this is more important. That's more important. There's all this stuff going on. And, and all of that is just another clever way or not even so clever to avoid the fact that, Hey, this thing over here, the symbol in the form of this book is a portal into mm-hmm. something that you really actually want to explore, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's a little bit of resistance there because there's some sort of belief that mm-hmm. A, B, C, D, and E, we get to explore what that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would be the question to start with is, can I absolutely know that I've been playing small? Can I know that that's true? Can I know that that's a fact? Yes. Mm-hmm. So what's your evidence? Uh, 
Oh, this okay. This is good. So my evidence is the contrast of how I've, and I'm going to use the entrepreneur side because I played big mm-hmm. in other areas. But mm-hmm. for the entrepreneur perspective, I know I'm playing small because I also know my potential, mm-hmm. and I'm not playing up to my potential. So it's it's interesting mm-hmm. how I'm choosing to answer it because I also recognize all that has gone on in my life too. Mm-hmm. So there's no judgment around it, but it's an it's just an objective, honest mm-hmm. assessment that there's a much bigger game that I could be playing. So from that mm-hmm. definition, yes, I've been playing small. Yeah. So just stay with that for a moment. There's a much bigger. So one thing I heard, I know my potential. So yes. let's really look at that. I know what my potential looks like. Um, I know what my potential feels like. Yes. Now, really look at that. Can I know what my potential looks like or will feel like in the future? Can I absolutely know exactly what it will look like or feel like? I can actually feel it. I, I can feel right, it. But where in my are body. you feeling? But where are you feeling it? Like I can feel it in my body. I yeah, know, but where are you feeling it? Like where in my body? Not where, where in time and space. Oh, in the present moment. Right. Yes. So you know it, but your knowing is now. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, so that's, that's. So when we say, well, my potential is something that I know, then it's something that I know I can experience now. So in other words, translating the felt experience of the present moment into the the consistent disciplined patterns that actually create that in the tangible reality. Well, even a little before that. So I, you feel your, you can feel what it feels like to living, live your potential or describe the emotion. What is the emotion? The emotion, the feeling is like this heightened state of confidence, clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so just stay with that. This this thought, I'm not living up to my potential, or I'm playing small. Without a future. Oh, I see. Where, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Without a future or without a past, I could have no concept of big or small. You know, big is my belief of what was, what I decided was small in the past. Right, right. Small is what I'm comparing against what I consider big. Yeah, it's a comparison. It's a, it's a comparison. Right, right. So I have to look at it and go, okay, are these things fundamentally small or big? Or is that just my belief? Because, okay, that's good. It's, it's relative, essentially. Right. It's, you know, it's like if I think something in the future can be bigger than this moment, well, then it's always going to be like that. It's going to, in a sense, the bigness that I want to feel is just going to stay in the future because that's where I'm putting it. And that's, and that exactly what, that's exactly what the point of me making that example was to address Mm -hmm. the avoidance is Mm -hmm. keeping that feeling or that idea off into never, never land over there. Yeah. So then who would you be really just go in and really feel this? First of all, can you absolutely know that it's true that, that you should be, should be doing more than you're doing or should have done more than you've done? 
<laughs> it's a, it's an inter- it's a slippery that's a slippery one. Well, let's just look at the reality. Could you have done anything different? Well, based on our prior conversation, I suppose the answer would be no, because that's not what happened. Right. Even if it was yes, how can I prove to myself something different could have happened if it literally did? If it literally did. Yeah, because all you have is no. So everything that has happened up to this moment, I, no matter how much I want to believe it, it could have been different. I'm just going to fight what is, and I'm always going to lose. That's called resistance that's called war with reality so if i don't fight what is i go oh reality had to happen that way because that's what happened then what is me agreeing with what is me being okay with what is feels good yep feels like acceptance You know, the bigness from the potential starts to be felt because I start to see that I actually haven't been playing small. That's just been my thinking about what's been happening. Yes. What happens is just what happens. There's no meaning into it at all. So my thinking about what happened has been saying it's small. That's what I'm upset at, not about what has happened. And that's really, really key Because if I think that changing the content of my life is going to make me happy, then I'm always going to be striving to do or have more to have happiness, Mm. but it's actually the opposite, right? Who would I be if I didn't have to do or have more to have happiness to just be here? If I didn't need to do, if I didn't need to play big, do more than I'm doing just right now in this moment, just sitting here having this conversation with me, do I need to do more than I'm doing in order to, you know, play big just right now? Do I need to be doing more than I'm doing just to be here? Right. Right. So just go in and with that thought, okay, I, I, you know, it's not the, it's not the choices that, that are making me upset. It's my thinking about my choices. It's me defining it as plain small, but I can't absolutely know what plain small is. And if I really look at plain small, I know that that's just a concept. It's just a belief. People that are billionaires are sitting there going, man, I'm just playing so small. Yep. You know, so it's just going to follow us as long as we believe it's just a it. comparison game, just a comparison game. So we just look at it and it's like, okay, who would I be without that thought that I, that I've been playing small, that there's even such a thing as someone playing. Small. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And even, even feeling into like that kind of language, which is not really a language I actually use. So it's interesting that I would even use that, but it, it illustrated a really in great cir- the circles that we're in. It's in the circles. It, it is. And it illustrated a really great point for all of us, which is like, it's really just a, it's so what came up for me is like, okay, cool. So now you know that it's all just a game. Mm-hmm. So then the question becomes, okay, what's the game that you really want to play? Yes. Yes, because now you're instead of going, I'm going to read the book so I can learn how to play big. And once I play big, I'll feel good. It's 
I'm going to feel good. And because I feel good, I'm going to read the book because it's exciting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's not it's, because it's, I want to get anything, not because I want to go anywhere, but it's like me going, man, I really want to have a friend over for dinner and I can do it because I already feel good. And I want to share that with them and I want to enjoy their company. Or I can say, man, I'm feeling really sad. I need something to feel good. Come over to my house and make me feel better. Uh-huh, you know, one's uh-huh. coming from lack, one's coming from joy. So it doesn't, again, there's no right or wrong path. It's just one validates our thinking and, and believes our thinking and one doesn't. Right. And the, the reading of the book has nothing to do with the information in it. I have no idea if I'll do any of that, right. but I do know that it, 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 it is, I know not reading the book is an avoidance of the feelings that I'll, that I want to feel by opening up the page, opening up the book, which is just, which is just an interest. It's a symbol. It's just a symbol. Right. Exactly. And now it's like, if you don't have the belief and you see, it doesn't make any sense. I've been playing small. It's like playing small for what, you know, I look around, can I find something lacking? Yeah. Where, you know, where is it? Where uh, can I find something I'm behind? Uh You know, it's like, we can't actually find it now. And and now is every moment. This is going to be true in every moment. So it's like, okay, if I can't actually, if I haven't been playing small, let me turn it around. I've been playing big, you know, let me look at the opposite of that. I've actually been playing big and let me find some evidence that that might be even more true, you know, and maybe I'm starting to redefine what that means to me. Maybe playing big is being honest. Uh, Yes. Yes. Maybe playing big is, is uh, doing things that bring me joy, you know? So I start to see that, you know, if I can't, if I don't resist this, feeling of playing small and rather I just look at it. I meet it with understanding. I question it. I see it's not true. Then the only reason I would open that book is if I have a spontaneous impulse to open the book (laughs) and Uh do I need the book? How, how do I know I need to read it? I have no idea what I'll need in the future because I'm not there. So all I know is right now I'm not reading it and I don't need to be because I'm not. And that might change, but that's reality. Well, it's so funny that all that came out from a simple example of of a book, which is which is beautiful because I think so many of us have such a thing around such simple things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And totally. I mean, and that was a that was an incredible little exploration right there. It just shifted things into a more harmonious, integrated perspective. Um, Yeah. And I I love bringing this all full circle because you said in the beginning of this call that you want to feel harmonious and you gave yourself that experience, uh, by this experience with the book. So it just shows you that you actually are getting everything you need. Uh, the book being a symbol. I feel like I've already read the book. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I, I love it because We always say it's like the things that I think I want that I don't have are going to give me emotions. And upon releasing the need to want any of them, I get, I feel the emotions. They just arise. Uh huh. Yeah. Cause now there's no future. 
there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to get. And this is ultimately the, the essence of the art of timeline integration, merging mm-hmm. the future with the present. Yeah. Yeah. Or just realizing it's all being created from the present. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, wow. This was amazing. This was just, and this was literally just pure flow. None of it was, was yeah. pre-organized or anything. This is all just pure flow. Uh, wow. I'm going to be, I'm going to be integrating this conversation because <laughs> I got so many nuggets for myself and I hope everyone listening or watching, I know you did as well. Um, oh, totally. So, and this is, this just comes to mind too, because I, I hear this a lot and you know, I used to, this used to be my default and it's, um, I feel really good. Now I'm going to go integrate that. And I go, okay, am I feeling good? You know, Uh am uh I feeling present? If I am, then there's nothing to integrate. You know, I'm integrated. So it's just care. Right. So it's, you're right. You're right. So it's, it's really like, it's that it's the awareness of that in the moment and carrying that with us versus like, okay, now I need to do this. And this, it's like, if Mm -hmm. I, if I feel inspired to do that, great. Right. But it's carrying the vibration with us. Well, yeah. And it's also like we're being carried by the vibration. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. It's like I'm not doing any of the carrying. I am present. And from that present place, anything I do that I'm carried uh, that by that presence into anything that I do. And there's nothing I need to do to carry it because I'm not believing uh-huh. that there's anything I can't find a, a reason to stress uh, about anything. <laughs> That's that is, that is hilarious. And so <laughs> spot on. even just that's right there. Just again, that subtle little shift of like, and the it's, it's in the language. It's yeah. in the language. Like, okay, I'm carrying this and there's nothing, I don't mean anything by it other than just like, what it what it sounds like but then even that that shift of like no i'm actually carried by the flow of the energetic itself right yeah yeah wow okay yeah well and it's almost like we're just gonna respond to things like i'm just uh, present uh and uh i finish this and i notice that i want to go to the bathroom and i do and that's the most important thing in my life in that moment it's the only thing i do you know and then i notice you know, I have a thought, Ooh, this would sound fun or this would sound exciting. Or I walk downstairs, I see the dishes need to be done and I go, Oh, do the dishes. Okay. And I just, it's like that thing that it guides us just flows through. It's not impeded anymore. Uh huh. So it's just, we just say yes, you know, to that inner voice you know, Jesus was saying, I do nothing of my own accord. I only listen to you, Father, and I, I say your words, I do your deeds. So all that meant is he's, he didn't have a war within him that said, yeah. no, you, you don't have enough time for that. That's bad. You got you to gotta hurry up. And, do, you know, he just didn't have resistance yeah. to the same little voice that says, go here, do that that is far more that we're not doing it consciously. Yeah. It's just happening and, and we're watching it and we're, we're responding 
And typically what I noticed is it tends to just get like that, that we tend to just get led in more exciting and inspiring ways naturally. That's called being in the holy flow of hypersynchronicity. <laughs> it's a great way to put it. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, this is the perfect full circle moment. So appreciate you, bro. And um, where can everybody find more about you? Yeah. So uh, my Instagram is probably the most active, brandon.bozarth. And my website is uh, just brandonbozarth.com. And you know, I have a bunch of free content on Instagram, um, some free content on my website and YouTube. So you can find me there. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure. And yeah, likewise. Thank you for having me. Yeah. That was epic. Yeah, yeah, it was. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.